You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Praise God. Not sure if you're tuned in down in Cafe Church yet. Hopefully you are. Every Sunday, the message, or most Sundays, the message here is live streamed down to Cafe Church as well. So when you hear myself or Michael or whoever welcoming people in Cafe Church, we're not talking to an invisible spirit here. In the middle of the ceiling, there's a camera here that picks it up and brings it downstairs. So that's when we say welcome to those guys. It's just to keep them connected in with what's happening up here. I'm going to share this morning on something that I touched on uh, earlier on in the summer, and it is a somewhat well-known scripture, and I touched on it early in the summer, but I did it at night church on Tuesday night, and I felt the Lord speak to me again about it. A number of people who heard it back then asked me, would I repeat it? And then others heard that I had shared on it and said, would I share it on a Sunday? Um, I'm calling it from pain to gain. And I call it this because I don't care how successful your life is. It doesn't matter how popular you are, how wealthy you are, how good looking you are, how sporting you are, how intelligent you are. Every human being was born in pain. Every human being has some type of wound going on in them. You have it, I have it, everyone has it. Some people are just better at masking the pain they were born in. So none of us are born genetically perfect. That's just a medical fact. None of us are born with the perfect parents. None of us are born with the perfect appearance or intellect, etc., etc., etc. So to some degree, we've all been born with some type of pain. For some of us, it's more profound than for others. But the essence of the gospel of Jesus Christ is how you and I and the people we love and those who have yet never heard of Jesus Christ, how we can all move from a place of pain to a place of gain. Would anyone say amen? Amen. This is the good news of Jesus Christ. And so today I'm going to be sharing on this But let me tell you what happened uh, about two months ago. When I drive uh, coming to church here and coming to work in the church office during the week, where I live, I drive through two villages. One village is called Killa in East Cork. And for about 10 months, there was roadworks in Killa. And the road there uh, was totally resurfaced. If you ever have the opportunity to drive through that village now. It is a pleasure to drive through. Beautiful street furniture, gorgeous trees, a lovely smooth road. You feel like you're sliding on butter. (laughs) It's such a pleasure. And then about five minutes later, you come to the next village that I drive through, and that's called Castle Martyr. And it's like the moon. The street and the road there, particularly on one side, is terrible. 
And what the county council did is they filled a lot of the potholes, but it made it worse because it's all of this. And I was driving through about two months ago, and I was praying as I drive. I love driving because it's an opportunity to pray. But as I was driving and praying, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, this is like some people's lives. Some of us get a total rebirth. Some of us have such an experience with God that our whole lives are transformed, and it's like that village killer, the whole road for about a couple of kilometers is beautiful and smooth. But more of us try to fix our lives with all kinds of things, without turning to our maker fully, and it's like we find a pothole in our lives and we say, how can I fix this pothole? I'm suffering from something now, and we try and fill it in. And a lot of the time we may even use professionals, and professionals are good. But when we write God out of the equation, or when we forget, even as Christians, about how God can heal us totally, it's like a potholed road just filled in. And so if you're driving on such a road, you will be shaken, and it won't be a good thing, and it is not the way it was meant to be. So I'm going to, I felt the Holy Spirit say that. So anyway, long story short, I'm sorry, someone needs to do something in the laptop there, it ain't moving. So I'm going to be sharing on just two verses. And this is about a, a guy that some people have heard about in the Bible. He was called Jabez, and his name is powerful, and it says so much to us. And this is all about moving from pain to gain. So, Lord, I pray that here in the center, down in Cafe Church, your Holy Spirit would move. And that you would stir every man and woman. And that we wouldn't just be chilled out, but that we would be moved and stirred by God's Holy Spirit. And that you would bring all of us more and more from a place of, place of pain to a place of gain. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here are these two short verses. They're lost in the middle of what we call genealogy. Don't ever give up on reading portions of the Bible because it looks a little bit boring, because there are such beautiful nuggets of gold to be found throughout. And these two verses are in the middle of who was the father and who was the son uh, genealogy. But right in the middle of all of that, in 1 Chronicles 4, 9 to 10, we read this powerful scripture. Jabez was more honorable than all his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, because she gave birth to him in pain. And Jabez cried out to the Lord, Would you bless me and enlarge my territory? Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm, so that I would be free from pain. And the Lord answered the prayer of Jabez. May God's word bless and feed our souls today. Amen. This is such a powerful scripture, and it really is scripture that should regularly be shared in church, but actually it was years before uh, I had shared in this maybe seven or eight years ago, and really I'm, I'm very 
I'm upset with myself that I'd forgotten to share it because it's one of those moving scriptures when you understand what was going on. It should be a regular happening in church. We're told that Jabez was more honorable than all of his brothers. He was more honorable than all of his brothers. Some of us here today are honorable men and women. We have a nobility in our souls because of our family influence. Mum and dad maybe were Christians. Maybe your grandmother and your grandfather were Christians. Your family had such a good impact on you. There's a nobility. There's an honor in your soul. Sometimes I meet people and I pick up a vibe from them and I think to myself, you know what? I get the sense that there is a work of God has gone on in this guy's family for generations. And when I ask I discover that parents and grandparents and way back, there was just a great move of God. And you can see that blessing from generation to generation. So praise God for those who are honorable because of their family. Anyone say amen? Amen. But here's the thing. Some people here are honorable despite their family. Some of us here are noble and have a nobility in our souls despite what went on in our families. And maybe mum and dad weren't great. And I can't say that my father was that great. And maybe things weren't brilliant at home. But despite everything that happened, you have connected in with the living God. And there is an honor in your soul. And there is a nobility about you that people can pick up. And Jabez's family were definitely not a great bunch to be born into or to hang around. He was more honorable than all his brothers. Well, with a mother like he had, I can imagine how those brothers were. So what's the saying, guys? He didn't come from a great family. Do you carry around a little bit of maybe, you don't have a huge amount of confidence because of your family background? Think of Jabez. His family weren't great. Yet despite his family, God was doing something in him. Hallelujah. None of us are victims because of our families. Because God will bring us beyond whatever wounds we got from our families. So he was more honorable than all of them. Now, we need to understand what was going on in this guy's life. We're told his mother had named him Jabez because she gave birth to him in pain. The name Jabez means pain. Pain. That was his name. Imagine if your name was Pain. Happy birthday, Pain. Pain, are you coming out? Pain, your dinner is ready. Imagine if your name was Pain. Now, that's one thing in our culture. I was talking to a family a couple of months ago, and there was a little girl in the family, and her name was Precious. And I saw her mum and dad holding her hand, and I could see when they called her Precious, she was so precious to her parents. It was as if the child's name was 
almost as it were, prophesying about the child's future, making a declaration of what the mum and dad thought of their little girl. Well, here we have the opposite. Now, I'm a man. I have never given birth to children. I've been with my wife when our children were born. And I'm not underestimating the fact that this woman, perhaps, had a terrible traumatic time giving birth in an era when there wasn't that much pain relief. So I don't take away from that at all. But to call your child this name for your whole future because of what she went through, in my opinion, you're looking at a very self-centered woman who never thought about the child's future, but only thought about herself. You see, in that culture, what you called a child, their name, was hugely significant. And just as I was talking about this little girl called Precious, who, if you will, was reflecting what her parents would have felt about her. Um, last Sunday evening, I was with my son and his wife. And uh, Denise and I are going to see our first grandchild born in about three or four weeks' time, God willing. And for the first time, uh, I put my hands, Denise and I put our hands on my, our daughter-in-law's tummy, and we felt the little baby kick. And as I felt the little baby kick, I just said a silent prayer. And I said, oh God, bless this child. Every time I hold a baby, I say a silent prayer. And I say, bless this child, and break any curse or any hold the enemy would have over this child. May this child have a blessed future. I am so looking forward, by God's grace, to holding our first grandchild and bonding with the child, as I did with my own children. But when we read about Jabez, there wasn't any bonding going on. There's nothing written about the father. He just wasn't in the picture. But the mother had a big issue with him and called him pain. What did it mean in that culture? Well, in that culture, whatever you called the child's name, it expressed the parent's reaction to the child. So all through his adult life, every time someone met Jabez, they would go, Aha, uh -huh. pain, is that your name? I can imagine your relationship with your mother or your father. So straight away, everyone got it. So this kid was carrying around this burden. It also was the parents, as it were, hope almost prophesying about the indication of the direction of the child's future. If you will, the mother, in calling her child pain, was saying, your future is going to be filled with pain. I prophesy you are going to have a painful life. That's what this mother was doing with her child. I wonder how many of us here, honestly, can say, Mom, or dad, almost prophesied something really cruel in my life. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the, anyone tell me? The tongue. So those of us who are parents or grandparents, the words we use with our children can build up their confidence or we can tear them down as mums and dads with our words. I know some parents go too far and children are so spoiled, it's like they can do nothing wrong. That is just as harmful. But with this woman, 
With this woman, we don't know her name. She set herself, her son up for a cursed future. Anyway, he grows up and he comes to the place where he believes in the Lord. And he comes to a place in his adult life where he cries out to God. And we're told, but Jabez cried out to the Lord, would you bless me and enlarge my territory? I love sentences in the Bible that begin with the word but. But, despite everything, no matter what he went through, yet Jabez was willing to pray to the Lord. Jabez was not content to remain with a curse on his life. Hallelujah. He came to the place where he said, I will not remain with a curse over my life. And so he came to a but in his journey, in his experience. And he cries out, not to a philosopher, not to a psychiatrist, not to a therapist. Who does he cry out to? He cries out to the Lord. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of these things, but our first port of call. If you have a faith, first port of call is always to the Lord. Anyone say amen? amen. And look at his prayer. Would you bless me? Would you bless me? When is the last time you prayed that for yourself? Would you bless me, Lord, and enlarge my territory? Enlarge my territory. And what does that mean? It means, would it go well with me? So maybe you need to pray, Lord, would you enlarge the territory in my marriage so that my marriage becomes more harmonious? Or my relationship with my children? Or my health? Or my work? Or my studies? Would you enlarge my territory? T.D. Jakes tells us that the battles going on in our lives are all for territory. Because the evil one is looking to gain territory in your life. But hallelujah, the Holy Spirit is looking to gain territory in your life as well. There's a, there's a spiritual tug of war going on. And if anybody is honest enough and sits still for a moment, we'll all go, yeah? I get that tug of war that's going on in my life. So he chooses to pray. He says, the prayer goes on, let your hand be with me and keep me from harm. So we all get the keep me from harm bit. What does let your hand be with me? It means let your blessing be on me. Go before me. It's not just about keeping me from harm. God's hand on your life means God adds to you. God blesses you. God equips you. God builds you up. So let your hand be with me and keep me from harm. What kind of harm? Spiritual harm. Physical harm, harm with our health, harm with our mind, harm in our hearts from our relationships, our family, our friends. Keep me from harm. And then to me, the, the most revealing part of this prayer of all, so that I would be free from pain. What does that tell us? It tells us that up to this point in his adult life, his mother's curse was real. From when he was born, and his identity, his DNA was pain, right up to this pray prayer, he had pain in his life. And so now he's saying, I would be free from pain. Lord, would you set me free from this pain? 
How many of us actually pray this? Lord, my heart is broken. And maybe it goes right back to dad or mom. Or maybe it goes back to last week with the terrible words we said in our relationship. Or maybe it comes to now because I'm sick or I've lost my job. Or maybe the pain is new or the pain is ancient. But be honest. Don't play games with God. Be honest before him. This church is, we, we have the words, we're real people in a real church. That means we're authentic. That we don't put on a mask. That we don't say, actually, everything is wonderful, which can be the tendency in church communities. And I get that. And we all want to be upbuilding and positive. But sometimes we need to say, I'm in pain here and I need prayer. I need you to stand with me because I'm in pain. And Jabez says, I want to be free from this pain that I've been going through. Help me, Lord. Set me free from this pain. And what did the Lord do? The Lord answered the prayer of Jabez. How about you change the name Jabez and put your name in there? And the Lord answered the prayer of Ruby. The Lord answered the prayer of Brian. The Lord answered the prayer of Carla. How about putting your own name in there? You came to a point, maybe it's today, and you said, this is a but in my life. I've gone all my life with this issue as like background noise. And for many of us, it may go right back to dad and mum, right back to the old days. But I said no. I'm at a butt today, and I'm going to pray that the Lord would bless me. His hand would be on me. He would keep me from harm so that I would be free from whatever pain I'm going through. You know, what really this is about is, are you part of the crowd? You go out in the street after church is over, and you walk around Cork City Centre, and it's crowded on a Sunday afternoon. It's crowded. Are you just a number in the crowd? Or are you a part of a different tribe? A tribe of people who get it, who both by conviction and experience know, I have a creator in heaven. I have a God who knows my name. And he never intended my name to be pain. God's intentions for your future and for your life are far deeper and far richer than a life of pain. God answered the prayer of Jabez. Are we part of the crowd or are we just, or are we a member of a tribe? I love what Nicky Gumbel, the Christian leader from Holy Trinity Church in London, founder of Alpha, he says, church should never be like a museum displaying perfect people. Should be like a hospital where the wounded and the broken can find healing. Now, that's the kind of church that most human beings want to be a part of. If you want to dress up and play a game and pretend you're perfect, off you go. But you know, even though there are times I feel great, there are other times I want to have the liberty of saying, Lord, would you set me free from this in Jesus' name? And this is the essence 
of the prayer of Jabez. Uh, about a month ago, I was speaking about a young man called Eutychus who fell asleep in the church and fell out the window to his death. However, his parents called him Eutychus, which means fortunate. And that young man, in essence, ended up being very fortunate in his life because Paul was in his situation, a man of God, someone who had faith, who reached out and brought him back from the dead. It's as if almost his mother and father, led by the Holy Spirit, called him this name so that the child's future would be fortunate or blessed. The opposite of that is what this woman called her son when she called him Jabez. And she declared that he is just someone who has pain in his life. Now, let me bring one other aspect into this. Was Jabez asking to be blessed just so he could keep the blessing for himself? Was Jabez just saying, Lord, I want it for me? It's like maybe if someone here has a financial issue and your prayer today is, Lord, would you make me wealthy? Do you think it's God's will to make you wealthy so you can hoard it all in a safe, all on your own? Do you think that's God's will? That's not what this is about at all. When we pray that God would bless us, yes, it's to meet our needs. Yes, it's to heal us. Yes, it's to bless our family. But it goes beyond that because God hasn't called anybody to be an island. Nobody but nobody but nobody is ever meant to be in isolation as a Christian. And the current millennial generation, people in their 20s, often called the snowflake generation. So many of the, the lie in the culture for this generation is you can just wander around and never commit to anything. You can wander around in your relationships and be what they call uh, friends with benefits. I'm sure you can work out what that means. It's the same with church. It's the same with anything. There's this anti-commitment thing. And this is never God's will for anyone. When God blesses us, guys, brothers and sisters, it's so that we would also have the ability to bless others. The definition in Scripture of when God prospers us is so that we will also have enough to give away and bless others. And the whole concept is, freely you have received, freely you shall give. So for Jabez, if you read on his heart, if you read the context... His heart was to bless his nation as well. And our hearts, when we ask for God to bless us, should be a wider one. It begins with blessing us personally and our families, but we must have a wider vision. I love what the scripture in Malachi says. If you bring your tithe or your first fruits of your labor into the house of the Lord, into the temple, says the Lord, I will open the floodgates of heaven upon you. Hallelujah. And I will pour out a blessing so great on you, you won't have room to take it all in. Malachi 3.10. We see this principle before the Jewish law ever came in, and we see it after the Jewish law came out. This is an all-time principle, an all-time, if you will, measure in someone's life that our hearts are when God blesses us, we will bless others. So if you're praying today, oh God, bless me, set me free from the pain, God will hear it, but just bless me so I can have it for myself. God won't answer your prayer. But if you have a heart where you want to bless others, then of course God will answer your prayer. 
I am 57 years of age. All my Christian life from the age of 19, I have seen this principle work. Hallelujah. If you look after God's business, he look after your business. If you seek God's kingdom first, he'll add all these other things to you. But if you're just seeking your own thing and you have no vision beyond yourself, don't expect God to answer you because he won't. But if you have a heart of generosity where you're willing to be blessed yourself and you're willing to have the overflow, look at this, such a great blessing, you won't have room to take it all in. And then if you read on in this scripture, the Lord says through the prophet Malachi, test me on this. It's the only time in the Bible where you and I are allowed to test the Lord. Everything else is forbidden. If you have a problem with this, you have the problem with the biblical principle. We're going to show a video. I'm just going to show a minute and a half of a video clip. And this is the video clip where I'm trying to get us all to see how we will be blessed if we followed the words of Jesus Christ, the words of the Lord in our lives. And this is the, the, um, from an old Jesus movie, and it's all about the miraculous catch of fish. So let's kill the lights, guys. Put up the sound. Yeah, we need sound as well, lads. Oh, master, we worked hard all night long. Push the boat out further to the deep water. Then you and your partners let down your nets for a catch. Oh, master, we worked hard all night long and caught nothing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets. James! John! Thank you, Michael. So this is the well-known scripture verse. I always get moved when I read it. All night they were fishing on one side and they caught nothing. But when the words of Jesus Christ came in to their experience and Jesus said, don't fish on that side, fish on the other side, it didn't make sense to them naturally. And for you and me, when we, we hear about having a generous spirit sometimes, and it's true of me, part of us goes, no, no, no. But, but the upside down kingdom, that is the kingdom of God, is all about having this generosity of spirit. And I'm sure I'm preaching to the converted here because I know most of you and I know you're generous, decent people, and this is your, your heart. But what I love is when they followed the word of Jesus, 
Then the harvest came in. It finally says in the Gospels, if you read it through, that they didn't have enough room to store the blessing in the one boat. There was so much fish, they couldn't hold it all. And they had to call all of the other boats from the village to come out. And so, very clearly, the blessing of following the voice of Jesus was that the whole community was blessed, not just one guy or one family. And again and again, woven like golden threads throughout the gospel, throughout the Old and New Testament, we see this heart of generosity. And the more that God sees, I'm not looking for your money. Don't start closing down on me. I'm talking about you having a heart of generosity. Let's say your prayer today is that God would heal your broken heart because your marriage failed. Who's the best person to help someone if their marriage has failed? Probably someone who's been through the trauma of that already. So this is about a heart attitude. It's about our time. It's about our empathy and our sympathy to others. It's about, it's about our energy. And yes, it's also about what we physically have in our lives. But having this heart attitude is part of the healing process for all of us. Because we have a choice in our lives. Do we remain in pain? And you might say, my life is blessed in so many ways. So is mine. But I would be lying to you if I said, there aren't parts of my life that I still have a degree of pain in. And I would that God would heal that. Do you? Do we remain there? Or do we move from the pain and gain God's blessing and gain God's healing and gain God's touch in our lives? And so very simply, guys, that's my prayer for today, that you and I would pray to the Lord to take us away from whatever began in childhood or what even has come in recently, and that we'd ask the Lord to bless us so that without shame today, in the context that we're talking about, you would say, God bless me. Amen? Amen. Because when he blesses you, it always overflows. What does Psalm 23 say? My cup overflows. We read it when there was vineyards planted in the Bible, inside in the vineyards, that the vineyards grew over the wall. And we read in the book of Genesis that there was so much fruit that began to hang out over the wall and bless those beyond the wall. This is the God we serve. So it's not this, it's this. Hallelujah. Before I call the band up, let me finally tell you, just before I hand over to Cafe Church, hang on one minute, guys. Uh, there's a Christian songwriter called Matt Redmond, Matt Redmond, and he's an English guy, um, and we sing a lot of his songs here. And I'm going to call in a moment for one of those songs. The song is called You Alone Can Rescue, and the guys are going to sing it. But you need to hear, just briefly, the story of this guy's life. His father died when he was young, and his mother remarried. But his stepfather sexually abused him, and abused him fairly badly. In fact, when he was finally convicted, the stepfather is now, to this day, in prison. But that young boy had a choice to make. Somewhere in his young life, 
despite having been sexually abused by someone with authority in his life, despite that deepest sense of trust and respect being shattered, despite the demonic activity that that man, that boy faced, something happened in his soul. And instead of cursing everyone, he turned to the Lord. And he asked the Lord to bless him and move him beyond the pain. Do you know that that young boy at the age of 15, such was the move of God in his life, that he started leading worship in Soul Survivor, this huge conference in the UK. Matt Redman, you can look it up on YouTube, you can see him. We sing a lot of his songs. He wrote that song, um, He Gives and Takes Away. Still I will say, blessed is your name. If I'm in the desert, if I'm in the sun, I will say, blessed is your name. Despite the pain his stepfather put into his life, by God's help, he moved beyond it. And it's almost every song you see that this guy writes, you can see this process, again, like cold and thread through his life. All the words he writes are someone who just didn't survive, he thrived despite his family. So I don't know your pain, and maybe your pain is nothing like that or nothing as deep as that, but I do know the God who heals all our pain. He heals all our diseases. That's the God we serve. And so this song, you alone can rescue, you alone can save, you alone can lift me from the grave. That's the God we serve. And so we're going to pray that God would lift you today that God would deliver you today and that today would be a great blessing and a butt in your life. Worship band, can you come up and let's start that beautiful song. Uh, we sang it a few times, I certainly knew it, but maybe you don't know it. Can we put the words of the song up there, Michael? Just look at the words of this. Who, O Lord, could save themselves, their own soul could heal, or shame, hmm, was deeper than the sea, but your grace is deeper still. Next one. Just put on the next verse there, that's it. You alone can rescue, you alone can save, you alone can lift us from the grave. You came down to find us, led us out of death. To you alone belongs the highest praise. Brothers, sisters, whatever your past, Whatever your mother or your father, I don't know, God knows. You've come to a place today where the living God can lift you up far beyond your past. Will we stand? Let's sing the song as a prayer. And then we're going to call people up and we're going to pray that God will set you free from the pain of your past. Thank you, guys.
Jesus met us out of death. You will all be lost the highest praise. So we can continue in our lives like fixing a pothole or we can ask the Lord to do the whole thing. Either way, this morning, if you want to pray in this house, Lord, bring me beyond the pain of the past, ancient past or recent past, and bless my life, knowing in the context that if God blesses you, you can bless others. If that's your prayer, lift up your hand this morning without shame. Hallelujah. We're going to sing the song again. I'm going to invite you up. Let's just give. We've got about five minutes or so. Let's give room for the Holy Spirit to move. Would you come forward to the top, guys? I'm going to ask that you kneel down when you come forward. So if you're coming up at the start, come up as close as you can. Leave room for the others. Let's sing it again. You alone can rescue. You alone can save. You alone can lift us from the grave. You came down to find us, let us out of death. You alone belong the highest praise. You alone can rescue, you alone can save, you alone can live. We lift up our hands. The Holy Spirit is moving throughout everyone who is praying here. Whether you're on your knees in the front or maybe you're shyer and you're down in your seat, the Holy Spirit is moving to heal you and to bring you beyond the pain of the past. Hallelujah. Greta, this is what the Lord would say to you. I saw as if you had broken your arm and you had tried to reset it yourself. And you know what the Lord is saying? He's going to break it again so he can fix it permanently. Greta, the pain that you have felt, the pain that goes way back, the Holy Spirit is saying to you, sister, he is bringing you beyond this, but prepare, prepare yourself, just like a doctor sometimes has to break again so he can heal again prepare for God's work don't get confused have faith in the Lord he will bring you beyond it amen amen let's let's pray we lift up our hands father we give our past to you mom or dad husband or wife brother sister grandparent teacher so-called great friend we admit oh God we have been hurt and that even to this day there is pain from the past maybe it's a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend that has broken your heart Lord we bring our pain before you and in accordance with the word of God and the prayer of Jabez we are at a moment in our lives where we say 
but Lord, we are not content to move forward and carry this pain. So, but Lord, we are on our knees. But Lord, this is not our identity. Oh God, would you free us from our pain? Who will say amen? amen. Oh God, would your hand of blessing be on our lives? Would you keep us from harm? Would you set us free? And may we be blessed. May it be an abundance of blessing. May it be like the net that is creaking with the amount of fish. Oh God, may the blessing you pour on our lives flow to all of our families. Who'll say amen? And flow to the church community and flow to the wider community. Oh God, would you bless us this day? Bless us for our future and set us free from all the pain of the past. Hallelujah. Um, I know it's a well-known scripture. We quoted it. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. But I have to share this. For some of the guys here, your fathers said words that were like a curse into your life. And I sense as if this is not just words that were spoken. For some of us, dad should have spoken and he never did. And so dad's silence, maybe like Jabez, he should have had a dad to balance out the mum, but dad's words weren't there. I just believe there's an anointing here and now for God, for anyone who's had words from a father or words that didn't come from a father. And I'm asking you to lift up your hand. Just lift up your hand. Praise God. In the name of Jesus Christ, may the words that were spoken almost like a curse or the words that were never spoken, which is just as hurtful. I pray now that your heavenly Father would give you a revelation of who He is Himself. Amen. May you with your spiritual eyes see your heavenly Father and may He deliver you from your fears and may he restore in your soul and heal the wounds from the past to do with your natural dad. Come Holy Spirit and set each one free in Jesus' name. Um, the Lord is speaking to some who are quite upset and if you're weeping here this morning, this is what the Lord would say. He's going to wipe away your tears. And every tear you're crying here, the Lord has counted. You're not on your own. You're not forgotten. Your tears are counted. Let's pray for our future. One last prayer. We lift our hands one more time. I pray that none of us would be victims of our history. On the contrary, I pray we would not be a victim we would be an overcomer and that we would move beyond whatever the curse from our past is, whatever that pain is, and that you and I would be known as those who once were in pain, but God heard and answered our prayers in Jesus' name. And God's people said, hallelujah. Let's stand, guys. I'm going to just, as you go back to your seats, I'm going to ask those who are really upset here now, just before you go back to your seat, I just want to pray a blessing on you. I don't want anyone to go away quite disturbed. So if you just want a personal blessing, 
just for a second I'm going to touch your forehead as the guys do the song you've made a way into the hands of the Lord for the coming week the problem is sometimes if you come into a very encouraging healing environment that going home going out in the street can seem very different I'm going to pray that you will bring whatever you experienced from God here with you for the rest of the week amen and so father as we lift our hands we pray that whatever was life-giving here this morning whatever was of you whatever touched our hearts or healed our minds and our souls. We pray we would bring it home with us. We pray we would bring it through the night with us. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, we would know that sense of your healing presence. And we pray would overflow to others in our family, others in the house, others in our lives, others at work, at college, at school, oh God. Let us bring this atmosphere of life with us all through the week. In Jesus' name and God's people, one more time said, Hallelujah. Thank you so much for coming, guys. 
We've coffee and tea upstairs in our atrium if you have the time to stay. God bless you if you have to go. Our worship team are going to play us out, guys.